G'day guys, welcome back to uh, Cowboys Chat. It's nice to be back, nice to have the Cowboys back playing and uh, nice to be with you, Nidge. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm, uh, I'm good, mate. I'm sort of surviving uh, the COVID-19 uh, crackdown and uh, in, you know, all the restrictions, mate. It's, a, it's, it's a different world, mate. It's a very, very different world that we live in uh, post, uh, well, mate, the, the last two months since we've last had that podcast, uh, things have changed, yeah. things have changed around the world, the sporting world, you know, and, and also Indeed. the world in general, mate. Uh, it, um, how um how, how are you finding things like obviously we're we're in Europe um and uh, everyone's back back in Oz so how are you finding it watching watching Oz where the restrictions are being eased a little bit quicker than they are over here and I'm I, personally I'm a, a little bit jealous of people being able to go to the pubs and things like that which haven't yet opened over in in the UK. Well, well it's a, it's an absolute uh, it's like it's a necessity over here you know like the, I, yeah. I, I know in Australia the. The rates of the virus are actually quite low and have been quite low for some time. For sure, um, for sure. Where in Europe, because of all the, the the amount of travel that people do between the countries on planes and trains and all sorts of automobiles, you know, it's, and gen- just general like um, population as well. You know, Australia's yes. got twenty five million people. Europe, I mean, has we're talking hundreds of millions. So, yeah, no, fair enough. And, and also in uh, Europe, you've got a, um, a bigger population in a smaller area. You know, where I yeah. guess back home, you've got the big cities, uh, you have to fly in between them and that, and, and, de- for and sure. therefore, um, if, uh, if the airplanes, uh, sorry, if the planes and, and airports shut down, then it's very difficult to travel. Where in Europe, you, yeah. you can always jump on a plane, uh, no, sorry, jump in a car, jump in a, in a train, and, and that's sort of away you go, and you get other places pretty fast. But, mate, it's, uh, it's, it's challenging times. Um, I think everyone's been through that, you know, what it's like to work from home now, and, um, and uh, and I think a lot of businesses now are working out that it's more and more possible, you know, with with yep. programs like you know Microsoft Teams or Zoom or I, I guess I guess you're all you're all over the Zoom, mate. Let's, mate. let's be uh, let's be careful here because you know neither of them are sponsoring us, <laughs> so uh, we are still open for sponsorship. So you know, let's not give away any 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 names or tricks. But yeah, we we are using we're using Teams and Zoom and Skype and all those ones at uh, at work. So have you have you found that? Um, I've, I've personally found that my consumption of uh, beers in the house <laughs> has just gone through the bloody roof uh, because, you know, what else do you do? i got I got a couple of housemates. We tend to have beers almost every night and watch a couple of films. Can't watch any sport at the moment except obviously the, the NRL's back, which is great. Um, but, yeah, my, my beer consumption has gone absolutely crazy. Hey, I, I thought you are looking pretty pretty fit there, mate, so uh, I'm not really surprised. <laughs> uh, I, I think also you're... That's um, the Zoom filter, that one. Like you're... Um, your, your ability on, on TikTok seems to be going through the roof as well. <laughs> as I'm, as I'm, as I'm you've seen like a bit of an expert on that. I, uh, I don't know. I got nothing on uh, some of the NRL players I see getting on uh, on TikTok, getting in trouble for being on TikTok as well. Oh, mate, have you got uh, David Warner on your Instagram? He's, 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 <laughs> I don't uh, actually. He's but... really into TikTok. It's like every three, three times a day, him and his wife are. I, I, oh, I don't yeah. doing a new dance or whatever. But mate, I saw you, you had some nice creative uh, dances there. So. Indeed, indeed. Mate, I, uh, I saw one where you're, you're passing the ball to yourself and uh, all, all sorts of uh, all sorts of, all sorts of fun. So, mate, you know when when you're bored and stuck in a house, you know what what else do you do? You got to find some way of entertaining yourself. So it, it's uh, it's all good I, fun. Though. I guess there's only a certain amount of Netflix uh, uh, or Amazon Prime or whatever you have that you can watch. I suppose. Um, exactly, exactly. There's only so many Michael Jordan documentaries you can watch before you're like, "Well, mate, I'm you know I'm on par with this guy. I don't need to watch this anymore." So, what, what do you think of the of the Jordan documentary? It's uh, been very, very popular yeah, it's around, good, around right? the world. Yeah, yeah. He he retired. Um, you know, when I was 
well before yeah when i was a young kid so i didn't really see uh any of him playing live uh i did watch space jam though so ah. you know i obviously knew who, <laughs> knew who he was um movie. and yes yeah oh, absolutely um but to watch to watch some of that footage and to hear the way he speaks about um you know being a competitor and, and all that it's really interesting um you know i think he's he's clearly very competitive um yeah. you know and and likes pushing himself and his teammates quite hard um you know and there's a lot of comparisons to to draw between him and other athletes that we've that we've seen but he's just um yeah i mean the the work ethic is incredible shows what you can do when you put your mind to things but uh yeah, that's, I mean, like us approaching, like our approach to this podcast, really. <laughs> well, it was really interesting to see his, his earlier days where, you know, where, where he first started with Nike um, and then mm. they, Nike took, took a little bit of a chance on him because... Uh, he didn't yeah, even want to go to Nike, no, did he? No, he didn't want to. He wanted to go, I think it was Adidas was, was a big brand yeah. there and Nike was just sort of starting out. Um, and so, I mean, I've read, actually read the, the, the Nike book. It's called uh, Shoe Dog. It's by the, the founder of Nike, and it's an it's amazing read. Actually, it's a really, really amazing because it, it basically started by just one guy in the in the mid '60s uh, starting a, a shoe brand. Um, wow! And uh, and at, even at that stage, Puma and Adidas were, were global brands, um, massive, massive global brands. And within 20 years, this guy took it to uh, to be the the, you know, the biggest shoe company in the world. So amazing! And they they took a real uh, they took a real uh, chance on on Michael Jordan and. Uh, and that those shoes, uh, the, the Air Jordans, well, um, Air Jordans, mate, yeah. it's become a worldwide phenomenon. Um, Did you have a pair of those growing <laughs> up, mate? No, no, mate. I was, uh, I was never, I was never really the basketball, basketball type. It was, um, I was more interested in, the, you know, the footy shoes and, and the rugby shoes and yeah, that, that sort of thing. But I, I, of course, when you all knew about that and the, re, you know, Reebok pumps and, yeah, Air Meningas or something <laughs> like that. But wait, wait, what a story, you know, and. Um, it, it goes to show, like, uh, yeah, I mean, how competitive um, those guys at the top are, you know, and, pro- and probably also how, like, you know, the the guys that make it to that that level, you know, the the ego you've almost got to have to, to get to, to get to that level, and, and the drive you've got to have, and um, you listen to you listen to him speak, and like, there's definitely an ego there, there's an air of arrogance, but like, you know, he's he's earned that, like, he, he he's he can back it up, yeah. Um, but he's very single minded, very driven, um, and just backs himself completely, and you know, you see it, you see it happen. But what was also interesting was that the, the key people on the show was, uh, I think Dennis Rodman was a key part of the interviews, uh, Scotty mm. Pippen, um, Steve Steve Kerr. But um, um, Luke Longley wasn't wasn't really mentioned uh, in any way, shape, or form, and uh, he was the Australian guy as, as part of that. And he was in that that three peat, uh, the second three peat that they uh, that they won. Yeah. He was the starting center in, in that whole time. So interesting that he never really got a uh, was never really interviewed, never really shown that much on the show. Um, uh, maybe they just didn't offer, offer enough of the the sweet euros. <laughs> maybe we should uh, maybe we should mount our own uh, Netflix documentary just about him and and his involvement. Uh, I thought you were, I thought you were going to say maybe we could uh, we could have a uh, Netflix documentary about our podcast, mate. We'll, uh... Oh well, yeah, we could do that too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can go through the, the trials and tribulations of our documentary. You know, all that behind the scene footage we have. <laughs> we separately separately interviewed me and you. Uh, you know, the, the, yeah, the kid, the kid. Nietzsche was a hard man to work with, and get the get the real story behind the scenes, as you say. <laughs> what would we call it? Oh. The last dance. Uh, what we call it? The last Cowboys dance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the last rodeo or something. But I think it'd be, I think what you might find is uh, you normally see these. Uh, this is really going off topic now, but you, you see these trends on Netflix, right? So you know, after yeah. making a murder, now there's just uh, absolutely heaps of these true crime documentaries yes. coming through all over the place 
it wouldn't surprise me now to see um, now a lot of uh, 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 sporting documentaries now come out. You know about these. Types yeah, of sporting sporting documentaries are, are awesome, man. Like I don't know if you've watched if you've got Amazon Prime and you've watched again, not sponsored by Amazon Prime. So Amazon, <laughs> if you're listening, um, fling us a few few bucks that'd be great but uh there's that all or nothing series on amazon prime they've done um man city when they won the title ah, and the all blacks and um they've recently yeah yeah it's decent man like it's nice to see behind the scenes they did the one um the test for the australian cricket team that oh, was really yeah, good yeah, yeah. i mean you know i love cricket so yes. like yeah to, to see all that stuff behind the scenes that you don't usually get to see but i mean like watching the jordan one the you see all the cameras in the changing yeah. rooms and, and like just there all the time. It's access. like, yeah, yeah. Massive, like massive access. And you got to think, you know, now again, I don't know too much about basketball. I don't follow it that much, but it, it I'm sure it's gotten even, even bigger in terms of the, the amount of access that, that you, you get or that the media gets to, to sports like that in America. And Australia tend to kind of follow suit with the way the Americans um, approach sports. So I wouldn't be surprised to see, um, you know, things like the NRL and, um, and yeah, cricket and whatever um, kind of go down that route as well, maybe to a lesser degree. But, um, yeah, but it was, it, it was uh, incredible really to see uh, back in, you know, 92, 93, uh, even like, yeah, 97, 98, all the, all the cameras behind the scenes um, that were there at that time. So. You know what would be an interesting one? If, if they did one of, um, of the Australian cricket team of that generation that we had, uh, they went from uh, the mid-2000s to the... The, oh, so, man. So, uh, sorry, the early, the early 2000s to the late 2000s where we had that special team of Warney, Steve Wall, McGrath. Culminating in yeah. uh, 06, 07 Ashes. Yeah, that, like, yeah that, that period of maybe a decade or so up to there, that would be and awesome. That would be an interesting one. Basically, basically the, the Warney years where we were basically, uh, we had multiple times where we, had, where we won 15, 16 in a row. You know, all those World Cups we won. Uh, we won, yeah, like, we yeah, won yeah. three or four World Cups in a row. So you could... I think potentially you could do one through that generation, you know, with with almost yeah ending on the ashes or ending in that World Cup, um, in that in the last World Cup when did when did we have we had as well. So um, yeah, definitely. Or, or yeah, it, almost finishing at the time that all those guys retired after that ashes. So I think that that, that would be a good uh, another suggestion. I reckon that you could one you could call, call, could call the right the, the rise and fall. You could have a document a documentary <laughs> on Liverpool Liverpool season this this year. And then uh, yeah. that'll be the rise, and, and the fall. You could also have uh, Tottenham on the other on the other end. Of the oh, good one, mate! <laughs> <laughs> on, on the other end, well, uh, you know, on the other end of the spectrum. Actually, you know, um, Amazon are behind the scenes in um, with with Tottenham this season, so it's going to be really interesting when that that um, documentary gets released. But um, there there is actually a camera crew in there this season, so they that that will cover um, the sacking of Maurizio Pochettino, um, the appointment of, of Jose Mourinho, and then all, obviously all this COVID stuff. So that documentary will be out. I think they said that it's going to be out um, in July, so um, that'll potentially be before the season even finishes. But uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see to see all that footage. Um, what a season to for them to have chosen to be behind the scenes. Oh yeah, it, 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 yeah. I think everyone's very very interested in, uh, especially those you know like like the balls, those real dynasties that everyone yeah, yeah, that yeah, everyone exactly. remembers. You know, so if you could get access to to when you know you, you could look at um you know the the you know, the times when uh, Madrid or Barcelona had years multiple years in a row of, of winning champions, yeah. multiple Champions Leagues. Yeah. Even the ones that aren't that aren't up there anymore, like like the AC Milan's and stuff, you know, like yeah. back in the day, who uh, who were yeah seriously decent decent sides yeah. that just aren't really competing as much anymore. You probably do one with the Cowboys, Benny, uh, culminating in the 2015 Grand Final win. Yeah, you could you could look at the the six or seven years leading up to that, mate. 
Uh, yeah, well, um, you start, start at 95 and yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean, the Cowboys are just beginning their journey though, really. So, yeah. you know, if you want to, if you want to look to a dynasty, just start recording now for the next 10 years and, and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Watch us win eight of the next 10. You know what I reckon may, may, uh, may be like a roll of the dice, but um, might be an interesting one. If, if they got behind the scenes with the Auckland Warriors this year, with the whole um, having to move to Australia uh, yeah. in, in isolation at their own little hotel there, all living there. Um and seeing if they could, uh, I mean, you, you have to roll the dice a little bit to see how they went this year. But what, 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 what a story it would be if they actually made the finals this year, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, and then, and then mean, having the footage yeah. of, and then having, actually having a documentary about the whole journey of uh, having to uproot and, and actually live in Australia during the whole season. Um, I mean, yeah. it would be a big roll of the dice because they're, they're not a very reliable team. Although they won, although they won <laughs> yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean anything. Anything you do this season would be really interesting because um, you know this is unprecedented. Everything, everything that we've gone through, and uh, and what the NRL's gone through as well. Um, you know the changes they've made and and uh, how they've adapted to the whole situation. So um, you know I, I expect hopefully there's a few camera crews getting around, um, and hopefully we'll see a few kind of documentaries and whatnot come out maybe in the next few years. Um, uh, uh, talking about everything that's gone on this season because uh, it, it, it would make really interesting viewing just to see how teams and clubs and the NRL have have adapted and, and mm. um, you know, done things behind the scenes. And, mate, uh, a, bit, a, bit of a, a bit of a Cowboys news, mate. The, the boys are back. It's, uh, well, the, oh, the boys well, are the, back the, in The NRL town. is yeah. back. It's one of, the, it's one of the, uh, the first leagues in the world um, to be back. We know that in Germany, the Bundesliga has been back yep. for two weeks, I think. Um, They've been back, yeah, two or even three weeks, I think. Yeah. I think the, the Belarusian uh, Premier League never stopped. <laughs> they never stopped, yeah. <laughs> so so they, they kept on playing. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, uh, I think in Sweden, they actually didn't shut down uh, all the way down. I think they, uh, but I think they, 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 their football competition stopped. But they actually, from a social uh, standpoint, they didn't actually uh, mm. implement the distancing, I don't think. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I think that were the major conditions that are, that are now back up and running. As we know, uh, the Premier League's back on soon. Uh, all the major leagues now are starting to have dates when they're aiming to return. Yeah. But it's quite amazing that the NRL, uh, one of the first to be back, and I think Australia's probably leading the way there because it has uh, one of the lowest uh, virus rates in the world. Um, yeah, well, that's we're in a... In a- fortunate enough position that, that that is the case and you know australia and new zealand um you know i think australia the number of deaths from from covid19 is still maybe last i checked it was 102 um you know in the uk as as at um well last weekend when i looked at it, it was still was almost 300 deaths a day so yeah. um the fact that they've had you know fewer than uh, well basically a third of the deaths that the uk is having in a day over the whole course of the uh yeah. the outbreak means that they're in a position where they can do stuff like this which is you know which is great for for us and great for the the people still living in, in oz who um you know uh, have been going through tough times and you know sport is one of those things that um, tends to kind of take your mind off off uh, yeah. reality, as it were. So yeah, it is it is good. It's nice to nice to have it back. Um, and yeah, it's nice to have it back uh, and and be in a position where the players aren't necessarily putting their lives at risk to 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 do it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and I think that they're also now looking at getting crowds back uh, at the NRL games, and um, not so much in get get like uh, open up stadiums fully, but actually start bringing in um, maybe initially some corporates. Um, so, so yeah, to, get, okay. to get some of the paid, the, the, the bit, true yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you know, looking at the at money and going, okay, well, if you want to ask yeah. about sponsorship, like with all the big sponsors, 
then let, let's see if we can get some corporates back in first, uh, and then and then uh, sort of gen general fans after that. Um, even if they're only allowing maybe five thousand people into a game, um, at, at least uh, yeah. At well, least, most uh, most of the Sydney clubs are probably used to that anyway, <laughs> so that's fine. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, and, and what do you think about the uh, the virtual the virtual crowds uh, on, on, the, on the Fox uh, on the Fox, uh, Fox, uh, Fox commentary? Yeah, I mean it was it was interesting. Um, I it, I was a little taken aback when it, when it first happened um, because I tuned into the game a little bit uh, a little bit late, so I missed the, the introduction introductory stuff. So um, I had no idea it was it was going to happen and. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, watching it when the when the booing happened and stuff like that, it it seemed a little bit. You know, we were talking about it a little bit before we started. It seemed a bit disingenuous, but it was kind of nice. Um, I don't know if you've watched any of the Bundesliga, but uh, when you're watching games that don't have a crowd and they don't put any noise there, um, you can kind of you can hear everything, and it kind of looks a little bit like a training drill. So mm. you don't have that same intensity. Um, you don't have the same um, kind of. Uh, passion when you're watching the game almost yeah, it's really yeah. it's really weird it shows it shows the power that the fans have um because you know if people aren't going to turn up to games you know not that they can turn up to games at the moment but it shows that when things return to normal um that if if play if people boycott um games and it does actually have an impact on on the atmosphere it does have an impact on the players and and on the viewing experience so um hopefully you know, it shows shows clubs uh, that that they you know that how important the fans are. Um, but yeah, look, hopefully we get some fans back in the stands sooner rather than later. Because as as nice as it is to have some kind of noise, um, the the disingenuous nature of it, you know, the 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 pre recorded side of things, um, it's just not the same kind of thing, is it? Yeah, I just don't like the um, you know, the crowd volume going up and down. I don't mind. With yeah. a, I don't mind a little bit of background. You know, maybe just a, yeah. a murmur of like a crowd buzz. Like more of a kind of buzzing sound rather than um, when when someone makes a break because you can see that sometimes they time it a bit wrong. I, yeah. I, I also just wonder whether um, they've been doing this anyway in, in prior. Um, yeah. Oh, oh. I wonder if they conspiracy yeah. theories. <laughs> well, I just don't know whether because yeah the, uh, yeah I'm not sure whether they have or haven't been doing. I'll be curious to know have, did, have they already been doing it to some extent. Um, yeah. In the past, I, I wouldn't mind betting that at some at some stage they may. Just do it a little bit to boost a little bit of the crowd noise from time to time. It's, yeah, it's, you're probably right. They must have some. Where, you know, they're, yeah. they're getting 10,000 people to a game. Yeah, um, and some of the older stadiums that don't necessarily have microphones set up yeah. to pick up all the all the crowd noise and whatnot. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. But, um, yeah. I, I had this footage um, uh, yesterday as I was watching a part of the game, what have been the Cronulla game when they were playing West Tigers, when um, they must have had like a, uh, they must have had like a drone or um, uh, something just above, just above where the player was running down the field when they, they made a break, and they uh, oh, yeah. and the, and it was following them all the way along. It was really quite close, and it was quite uh, it's quite amazing footage actually to see um, being like literally ten meters above the player as as he was running down the field, and um, uh, it was quite extraordinary vision actually. So they were, they were talking about that's pretty cool. Yeah, they were talking about that that's going to become more and more of a thing where they're actually going to have something on the field where they can get very very close actually to it players not just like a uh, a video with the referee um but actually a video above the play as well so yeah, yeah that, i that mean this is it's really 
it's really awesome, you know, the the um, advancements that have been made in in cameras and and uh, microphones and all that kind of you know recording technology from where we were uh, maybe ten years ago to now. It's just come leaps and bounds, and you can get really close. You can get really close to the action um, while it's happening, which is which is just awesome. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think the more the more that of that kind of stuff, the more it gives you a feel of almost being out there. The more you get an understanding and appreciation of what these players are capable of and that kind of stuff. So yeah, all for that. And mate, what do you think about? Uh, well, before we get onto that, uh, maybe we can um, quickly do, talk about a little bit of Cowboys news, mate. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro- you got your, yeah. your ear to the ground. Yeah. Mate. Well, What's going on with the? Yeah, go yeah, on. There's probably only really two two big things. I guess it's the injury. There's, there's really only two injuries to any squad members at, at, at this time. Um, yep. Morgan had uh, had a shoulder clean out um, while uh, while everyone was off um, the COVID break. Um, they, they assumed actually that they would be off for longer. That's why he got it done. Uh, and then when they decided I was going back on May 28, uh, I realized he was probably uh, a month away from being back. So, but you, you would have really noticed. I noticed in the first couple of games there, Morgan, and actually the last two years, he's really carried his shoulder in a lot of games. Yeah. And he was saying that it's actually, it's actually stemming back to a problem that he uh, received, like I think a couple of years ago at the Rugby League World Cup. I think he was saying that he's been carrying it since then. He, he thought he could rehab it. They thought they could uh, he could rehab his shoulder, but uh, eventually he decided to get it cleaned, cleaned out and, and fixed up. So that's only good news that that uh, especially yeah, by, by winning the game in the night um, that uh, that he'll be he'll be back and hopefully uh, fit and firing and, and with a, a better shoulder to help him with his defense. So he'll he'll be back in they say you know three or four weeks. And, um, Very good. And Gavin Cooper missed the game as well, which is a bit of a surprise to a lot of people. Um, he injured his calf muscle. Um, at the first week back of training after the COVID break. So um, actually, actually, I've experienced this myself a little bit, Benny, over the last few weeks uh, when I've been running to the Bonga Park. Yeah. I've, actually, I've actually pulled up with a bit of a calf strain a couple of times. I think it's as, as I get a little bit older, mate, um, I'm probably about the same age as uh, Gavin Cooper these days. So, uh, <laughs> so, um, so Gavin Cooper's about 65. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like that. And, um, yeah. And he injured his calf. And I know he's had, a, he's had calf problems for the last couple of years. So... Um, they thought, well, there's no risk. Sorry, there's no worth risking him at this stage. So yeah, fair, he's, a, he's a key member of the, the squad, especially for with his experience. So he, um, so he he took the. He, they tell me he'll be two weeks off. So he probably miss, okay. he'll probably miss next week's uh, game as well. Um, but well, I got to say, I mean, the the guy has kind of stepped up in his absence, and we'll talk about it yeah. a little bit more later when we get to the game. But they did, they you know, a couple of guys that we've had our eye on for for a while and said they need to step up. I felt they really did step up this this game. But yeah, it'd be good to have Gavin Gavin back. Well, that's uh, and that's probably all. Uh, I mean, the, the main uh, the main uh, the main news uh, in regards to injuries and that. But but yeah, but but going off that point and into the game, I thought. Um, I thought it, it just in general, without our two most experienced players, actually, um, mm. the guys that stood in, it didn't, it didn't feel like we over, overly noticed that we were down to experienced players, actually. And, and, no, and I guess we have a pretty, yeah, up, yeah. I guess we have a pretty experienced squad, even without those two guys. But uh, the two guys that came in were two, two young guys that have been in the system for a long time. Uh, Mitch Dunn played the back row position there, and kind of Clifford played halfback and. I guess one of the, the good things is both of those two guys have been probably in that uh, the main squad for a couple of years now. So they, yeah. they know their way around the team a little bit now and they probably both believe in themselves a little bit more. So uh, we can get into that. But, mate, your, your initial impressions on uh, on the general performance of, of, of the game, of the Cowboys yeah. game? Yeah. 
it was a it was a good game. I thought. I mean, um, yeah, let's not sugarcoat it. I think that the Titans really didn't play great footy, um, so we were we were helped out there in some respects. But you know, the Cowboys in the past have not necessarily taken them, uh, advantage of those um, positions that we've been put in, and we've made um, we've made it tough on ourselves when it didn't necessarily have to be. So um, to see everyone kind of step up and play the way that we played it was great i mean we'll talk about the rule changes in a bit but i thought it really helped us out um you know we were playing kind of similar footy to um what we saw in the nines um earlier in the year uh i thought you know there are a few players again that we'll, we'll speak about um specifically a little bit later uh but just briefly mentioning you know reese robson now oh. i thought made a massive difference when he came onto the field um and the, the way that he passed the ball uh and that just that just made everything a lot uh easier um our fifth tackle option uh you know was generally pretty good compared yeah. to the titans where where they um they mucked it up a few times they they um you know didn't necessarily go for the right play uh, more often than not so uh, i thought clifford's kicking game was really good uh i thought valentine holmes's hands were insane yes. yeah i agree with that um, yeah. oh my god i didn't yeah. think he had uh that's the thing with valentine holmes it's almost like well he hasn't quite hit his straps with his running game yet he yeah. probably just needs a few more miles in his legs yet um but i think his passing game he seems to really that was probably the area most people thought he wasn't going to be a fullback it wasn't going to be a good fullback not because of his running but because of his hands but his yeah. hands are uh, well, seem really nice actually. Exactly, put those doubts, uh, you know, to bed. But yeah, he was he was awesome. Um, drink water was really really good. Yeah. Um, you know, Cohen Hess uh, really stepped up and and uh, had a good game. And then obviously, you know, we'd be remiss not to mention uh, Tamalolo, who uh, really I think benefited from the rule changes. Um, had a massive massive second half, and um, you know. You look at you look at him and you just, he seems to be getting better and better. And um, when he's coming up against fatigued players now, um, he you know because of the because of the rule changes and also obviously we've had a lot of time out of the game as well. Um, he's absolutely dominating and 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 making the most of it. So um, yeah, all in all, man, it was it was an awesome game to watch. Um, and I, I liked that you know even towards the end there, the Titans had a chance um, to score. Uh, and we, we managed to, to hold them out. I mean, Hess got sent off for 10, I think, 10 in the bin, uh, professional foul and whatnot at the end there. But, but yeah, you know, the Cowboys um, historically have kind of let in that soft try at the end when, yeah, okay, it doesn't matter, but actually it does because it does all come down to our for and against, especially yeah. with the, a, a, a condensed season, um, you know, and with the start that we had as well. Um, you know, the more the more um, points on the board we can, or the, the, the bigger the difference we can keep, I guess, the, the better we'll, we'll um, position ourselves so i mean we we need to make top four this year um yeah. you know we, we need to be be looking at that as a as a realistic goal because um we've started the season well now um and you know we need to keep rolling on with that but yeah it was good to see us not concede a soft try at the end it man it takes so much pressure off the season when you can start the season two and one like they have now yeah. um it just means now they're going they're, now they're going into round round four um just means there's a little bit less pressure on you know they, they can now start to think about okay how do we want to play what improvements can we make without worrying about uh where we are where are we on the ladder uh we, have, we need to start winning some games um that's the thing if you, if you can get through the first five rounds at, at at least uh three wins two losses or um four wins one loss or something like that it it takes so much pressure off the rest of the season it means oh, it absolutely. means you can really settle into the season without being stressed and worried about where you're sitting and 
especially this season where where there's fewer games as well um and so i think the commentators were saying uh that looking looking at the nrl at round um 20 in in previous seasons you needed to have won 13 of your games um to be to be top four um you know the the more of those games we win at the start the the easier it makes that journey exactly as, as you say um, so every every game becomes quite pivotal, and um, yeah. Well, the last yeah. the last two seasons, mate. I think we've been uh, one and four after the first five rounds, and yeah. uh, and when when you're one and four after the first five rounds, start getting very quickly into the situation where you start uh, where you're in uh, almost must win games, or or, yeah. or you need a, you need a, a string a few wins in a row, and it's, it's such a big advantage to be in a position where uh, you don't have to string wins exactly. and wins in a row. You can play a, a lot more relaxed. You've got pressure. You're putting pressure on yourself for no reason. If you yeah. if you're losing those games, you know you've already got the pressure of having to, uh, yeah. Again, in this season, you know, being a shorter season, having to win um, more often than not. But you know, you don't really um, want the yeah that that added pressure of having to win a couple of games, well, a bunch of games in a row. Um, but yeah, it, you know, and as we touched on before, to win to win the way that we did without those senior players, without two of our senior players in the team. Um, and you know, Morgo, our you know captain leader, uh, as well, is, uh, is 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 massive. So that when he comes back, if he can if he can come back into a team that's that's um, you know four and one, five and one, whenever he comes back, um, that'd be that'd be awesome. Uh, you know, we've had previous seasons where guys like JT, uh, you know. Um, the old JT, I guess, Jonathan yeah, yeah. Best, and not the new JT, <laughs> um, come back into the side, and you think, okay, thank God he's back. We can start winning games, but we're we're starting that position, you know, two two and eight or something, and he's got to come back in and help and lead us to to wins. And yeah, the man's superhuman, but you know, you can only do so much. So, you know, we're doing our best to to put ourselves in a really good position, which is great to see. Hey, did, did you notice um, one part of the game there? Uh, there was a move where the, where the opposition winger put a really smart little move on Kyle Felt. Yes. And uh, bet him on the outside. And then and there was another point there where Felt uh, made a clean break that got rounded up very quickly, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I feel like I almost need is to... It, I, is, mate, I need to put the, I need to put the challenge out. Uh, it's not, it's, I was going to say, it's, it's just, a challenge going. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not just uh, Antonio and well, Winterstein. You reckon I, you could take Felty? <laughs> I think I think, I think Felt might have, might be able to palm it off a little bit just quietly. Where Winnerstein might not have been able to do that. I think, uh, yeah, mate. I mean, there was. Um, <laughs> he's definitely maybe, not as fast as he used to be, Mister Felt. I, I think uh, maybe he's lost a yard or two. Yeah, well, I think he, he, like he's a big body, right? And he's a he's a strong winger and he's good in the air. Um, but he has lost his uh, he has lost probably a yard or two. Um, mm. And uh, and it's the thing about the you know the wingers these days is that. You do see often uh, the modern day winger being a, a bit, bit of a bigger or stronger winger. I, I don't know. I, I still think you need a bit of. Uh, you still need a little bit of pace. That if you get open ground, then you can really uh, put the, the foot down and, and, and go a hundred. But I think uh, uh, you know because Fels not that old actually. I think he's twenty seven or twenty eight years old. I think yeah. I'd be curious to right. see. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see maybe at some stage in his career that he, he moves in a little bit. Um, I mean, he's got the build for it. He's got yeah. a natural kind of build for moving into center or um, even maybe even second row, yeah. something like that. But you think Kio, uh, gonna... ben <laughs> build. <laughs> exactly, mate. Exactly. But you'd think centers a, centers a natural progression for him, kind of like like a Greg English style, um, yeah. you know, center really. Um, but yeah, I mean, he still he still played exceptionally yeah, well. Yes. Um, you know, he got done. Uh, yeah, that one time defensively, and and as you say, he got got tracked down. Actually, when he made that run, 
um, which was a great run. Um, it was good to see Clifford was there running with him. Yeah. Uh, and if he could, if he could have got the ball away to him, then you know maybe Clifford would have scored. But it's nice to see um, you know support there for guys when they when they make a break. Yeah. Um, previous seasons you've seen maybe guys make a break, maybe Tamalolo or something like that makes a break, and, and no one's really running with him, um, or no one can run with him, or or I don't know. But but it was good because Clifford was switched on. We were all switched on, um, and and yeah, it was it was nice to see. Hey, what do you think of um? The, the, there's been two major uh, rule changes uh, since they've come mm. back. It's the they've gone back to one referee. So there's no referee uh, on the on the play the ball in the pocket. Or, yeah, play the ball yeah. anymore. And also um uh, there's uh, there's the six six again or, or the or the set restart rule now instead of blowing yep. the penalty now. What, what I, probably the biggest thing I've, I've really noticed is actually on, on both the rules, uh, they were saying on one of the one of the shows that on average there's now more um, ga- the actual games are finishing quicker now because yeah. there's, there's more uh, there's more uh, of the of the, the game balls yeah the balls in play more, yeah. on average of four yeah. or five minutes uh, per game now and um, yeah. it's really uh, I mean there's less penalties getting blown of course but also the play the ball being a lot faster and. I think that seems to be due to, to two reasons. Number one, I guess it's the six again call, so the players are wanting to get off quicker and not give away a, a six again re, a reset. Mm. But the other thing too is because there's only one referee now. What I was uh, hearing this morning were some people saying that well, because there's no pocket referee anymore, the players used to just lay on the lay on the defender uh, until the pocket referee would tell them to get up. You know, yeah. but now there's yeah. no one. There's no one's telling them when to get up or when not to get up. They're having to judge it themselves. The players. So, yep. so now where beforehand they would always lay on them until they got told to, now they're getting off like a little bit earlier just in case they get they give away the penalty. So, uh, so it's, it's a generally uh, quicker style of, of play, and it's really Mate, I, I love it. Oh yeah, I, I for think sure. it's great. Yeah, you know? like yeah, I, I think that's you know that's what that's what you want from rugby league you want fast paced games you want um you know exciting games and you want that fatigue to be setting in because that's when the you know that's when the Taumalolos or the um Valentine Holmes is really make the most of of their their skills so um i think it's great um d- let me ask you ask you this do you think um kind of moving forward to future rule changes do you think we'll see a reduction in the number of interchanges again i think i think eventually you will but at the moment i think they won't change it because i at the, oh, at, not at the moment. And, yeah. uh, I think maybe going down the track, but at the moment, um, I, I think uh, eventually teams will uh, will work it out a little bit. You know, I think what you'll find is that teams will, um, in regards to the wrestle, you won't you won't see players wrestling as much on the ground, but you'll see them wrestling standing. Yeah, so that that's what will eventually happen. Was that they'll they'll start to do that because uh, the, the tackle's not really completed until um until the players on the ground most of the time. So you'll see that uh, the teams will start wrestling standing. That they will try to slow it down, um, slow it down based on that. I think, I think uh, you know, in regards to the rule changes, I think the six again is, is a great rule. The, the only thing is, what, what I can potentially see happening is uh, as teams sort of work this out a little bit, you'll, you will start to see some teams take advantage of it a little bit. So uh, what happens in this situation where, um, well, the, the referee will have to have the guts to, to call a penalty if they. Are giving away resets on purpose. That, that's yes. what they would need to do. So if you're at the end of the game and the team's trying to line up for a field goal, or yes. um, or at the end of the game where you've got the other team uh, parked down the other end of the field and they're just rushing out of the line to uh to, and just giving away uh, six, a six tackle resets, but the opposition team is still is still not able to get up the field. In that situation, um, 
the referees will need to uh, have the guts to, to blow the whistle, give away a penalty. Well, that's when you're looking at professional yeah, fouls. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think the rules at the moment should cater for it. It's just to make sure it's just that the referee will need to um, will need to have the guts to, to, to blow it. But I think the yeah. the big thing is, is going to be um, one of the things I really noticed in the first round there, and you saw the Broncos struggle there, was that uh, the teams with really strong spines will be very strong with this new rule. So it'll yes. be the teams that have got really smart uh, and quick hookers, halves, and fullbacks um, that will really take take it uh, will really take advantage of this. So well, the boys, the boys are in a good position there I, with I the so, yes. with the two hookers. You know, I think that that will play a big role. But yeah, no, we we've um, you know as we touched on before we started recording as well, we've got really good backups for everyone in, in those positions. So um, I I agree. I think the teams with a strong spine are going to um, benefit from this, and the boys are one of those teams. And, hopefully, and I think that's where the Broncos will may struggle a little bit. That previously under the old rules where there was a lot of wrestle. Um, they had uh, really good, strong outside backs and back rowers where, mm. where those players were able to just win games on their own brilliance uh, by just give, throwing the ball to Fafita and he'll just beat four players and, and run through the middle. Where now, um, what you'll find is that it's really based in and around the smarts and quickness of the hooker, the halves, um, and also the tightness of the middle forwards. So, And, and I think also um, uh, that... Uh, the, the start of the games are so important now that you'll tire the opposition out. So where previously maybe you kept a little bit in reserve, um, now what you'll find is that what, what seemed to happen was that the teams that got the jump at the beginning of the game where they had the majority of possession, maybe, the, you know, you, uh, you see teams with the majority of possession for the first 20 minutes, the opposition is getting so tired from that first 20 minutes that they're getting beaten in the back of the game. But because of the tiredness they got from the first 20 minutes, um, yep. where previously what you would have seen is that if, if a team dominated for the first 20 minutes, uh, that didn't necessarily mean anything because um, the opposition would, would come back after that. Uh, and, yeah, it was, and it get, was more attritional. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, because, absolutely. Because they were able to not be as tired from being dominated in the first 20 minutes where now the middle forwards are so tired. Um, and I think what you'll find is that uh, the bench and the use of the bench will become very interesting. Um, I think what you'll find is that most teams will now carry extra hooker on, on the bench because mm. the hooker will be doing so much defense. Or at least some kind of utility player like that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it would be really important that you have a, a really good hooker or a good half on the bench to, to cover um, uh, to, to cover that the, the players that are attacking through the middle. So I think you'll find that you know some of the teams that had like some um, back rowers on the bench, what you'll find is that the players on the bench will predominantly become middle players or, or players that can play middle. Um so I think that'll be you'll see a bit of a move towards uh, a bit of a move, a move, a move towards that. But yeah, I agree. I think those are the guys that just naturally, is, through the course of these rule changes, are going to be the ones getting more fatigued, right? Yeah. The ones who are making more tackles, the ones who are probably making more runs as well. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, actually, um, kind of touching on, on on that as well, one of the areas that we've we've spoken about with the boys before that we wanted to see more of is is our um, outside backs making more runs through the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is an opportunity for them to kind of get involved when you know, when you can see that fatigue setting in yeah, and I'd like to see more, yeah, more of that, more of the outside backs coming in and making runs through the middle and, and making the most of those, um, those big fatigued bodies in the middle before the opposition are able to make those changes. Babe, what did you think of our, uh, our hooker rotation? I, I think that's going to be really critical for us this season is um, uh, I think we've got um, Granville who started, uh, has been our, our main hooker for the last probably five or six years now. 
and he's, he's, yep. he's been a great servant for the, for the boys. He was a, our, our premiership winner, um, our premiership winning um, a hooker. Uh, he's been been great great servant for the Cowboys for, for a long, long time. And um, we've now got the uh, young Rich Robson off the bench, uh, and even yep. and our third string hooker uh, Ruben Potter uh, made his debut last year, and he, he's chomping at the bit there as well as a young guy. So. I think, um, I think, yeah, what, what did I think, you think of uh, Granville's performance? Yeah, I think we've spoken about Granville a lot on the on the podcast for the last couple of seasons where, um, you know, we said his distribution really needs to needs to lift. He's still, uh, you know, explosive out of dummy half and, and good running game and whatnot. And that's probably or definitely his strength, I'd say. Um, you know, defensively, he's, he's great as well. But, um, yeah, his, his distribution really uh, leaves a little bit to be desired. And I thought when Reese Robson came on uh, on Friday, it really showed the benefit. And actually, the commentators spoke about it at the time. I think Tatey um, spoke about it for one of the tries that we scored um, down down the left side. Um, it all started with a really good pass from Reese Robson out of dummy half. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I was thinking the same kind of thing, watching it like... It does. It does make a really big difference. Um, it makes a big difference in setting up for tries and in, in also in kind of fifth tackle situations or just in any time when you're running the ball. If you're if you're getting good distribution from from your dummy half, um, the way that Reese Robson played was kind of the way that we saw him play in the nines as well. He scored yeah. that try at a dummy half. Um, you know, he is again his distribution was great. His kind of presence around the field was was felt, um, and I, I thought that was that's probably. His Reese Robson's strengths are, are probably Granville's weak, weaknesses, so they yeah, complement each yeah. other well in that respect. Yeah, I'm curious now to see uh, what Green does going forward because in this game, uh, Granville played I think the first 27, 28 minutes, um, yep. and then Reese Robson came on, and uh, and Reese Robson played the remaining of the game. Saw out the game, he didn't, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought it might have been an opportunity to bring uh, Granville back for the last ten. Um, so I'm now curious to see how, how he, he uses uh, these two guys in rotation now because um, I guess the first the first 20, 25 minutes of, of the games now are frantic with the six yeah. with the six uh, six tackle restart they're really frantic so it's almost like well playing the first twenty five minutes is probably the in regards to fitness is probably the equivalent of playing the next thirty five minutes actually in regards to uh, pure fitness so. Um, one of the things I really noticed with Granville was that in his first, in his well, his first and only stint of the game, he played his first 27, 28 minutes, especially towards the end, his passes became a lot more wonky. Um, yeah. And so that's when he got he got taken off and Reese Robson came okay. straight on. And, and Robson looked very fit. He, he didn't look tired at all in his whole stint. So, um, no. When you start seeing those end over end passes and <laughs> wonky passes and stuff, like, you know, even, I mean, it must, as a team uh, or as a, as a player receiving the ball, put a little bit of doubt in your mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. you're not sure that that ball's going to hit you on your chest or, or just out in front of you where you can run onto it, then you, you've got a little bit of doubt. You're probably, um, you know, stopping your run just a little bit just to make sure the ball comes to you. You want to have supreme faith in your dummy half that that ball's going to hit you right where you want it to be hitting yeah. you and that, that you're going to be able to make that run at full pace because you know if you don't even that one percent of doubt in your mind in your mind um does make a big difference you know when you're looking at professional sports so um yeah that's one thing that robson offers yeah what do you think is the best option there like are you better off starting with robson and getting that nice crisp pass from the very beginning of the game um Mm. playing him 25 30 minutes bringing on granville uh for probably uh the last 10 minutes of the first half and probably then the, the first 10, 15 of the second half, 
and bringing Robson back on then to finish the game? Or do you think, like, like how we used it the other day, where uh, Granville played the first 20, 25, uh, and then uh, Rich Robson came, comes on and plays the majority of the rest of the game? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I've been thinking about it a lot since the game, to be honest. Um, and it's one where you could probably mount an argument either way. Um, so I'll preface this by saying I'm probably firmly on the fence. But um, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, yeah, you you kind of look at it and go, okay, well, if you can get off to a good start now more than ever, maybe that's really important to to win the first twenty minutes uh, and actually, you know, put put two or three tries on the board would be would be um, awesome and, and if the best way of doing that is having solid distribution um, you know early in the game um, then 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 maybe you start with him. But then you also look at it and go, okay, well if if Granville's starting um, and and all the players are fresh obviously at the start of the game, um, you know, maybe the distribution uh, I mean, it's not it's not terrible when when Granville's uh, not fatigued. It's not it's not terrible, um, you know. So maybe yeah. you can get away with it a little bit. Then get Reese Robson on delivering the ball to um, to you know Tal Malolo more than anyone is is who I'm thinking about here. Who who needs the ball kind of, or who benefits from the, from having that ball straight where he, where he um, you know where he's expecting it, and he yeah. can make those explosive runs. So it's probably more important to have the ball being delivered to Tal Malolo late in the game. Uh, on a on a silver platter as as it were. So um, I don't think Green. Well, if I were Green, I wouldn't make any changes at this point. But it's something I'd certainly be keeping an eye on. How how do you see it? Yeah. Well, I think um, yeah, it's, it's a really tough one because I, I think uh, if you were only going to have one hooker in your team, um, then I, I think I think I think at this stage Robson's becoming a better all round player than uh, than, mm. than Granville. Um, so w- They're also two players at different ends of their career. To be fair, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I know Granville's not that old, but like we should mention that you know. Oh, is, he, is he young, man? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but you know, so so you're you're obviously going to have a guy, um, a younger guy, who's um, you know, still still got a lot of footy to play in him. And I'm not saying Granville doesn't, um, but you know, he's he's got that uh, energy and enthusiasm um, that you know, yeah. He's um he's benefiting from that, or he's he's showing that to the to the team as well. But sorry, mate, I interrupted yeah, that one. I, I think like uh I think with this season with the the new rule changes, I think no matter what you need two. I think for the Cowboys, uh, I think we need two hookers in the in the in the seventeen. So yep. I think either way, uh, Granville and and Robson should be in the in the seventeen together. Um, and I think that they can complement each other. And I think Green could even mix mix and ma- mix and match it a little bit. You know. Yeah, you know, one game, one starts. The other game, the other one starts, and you can sort of experiment a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's going to yeah. depend on the opposition as well. Yeah. You know, we're, we're maybe an opposition with with um, bigger bodies through the middle who are going to get more fatigued. You, you go one way, an opposition um, who, who, you know, maybe is as a fitter team. You, you go a different way. I mean, it's it, it's the beauty of having two hookers is you can be versatile with that kind of stuff. Um, and the the beauty with the interchange the way it is is, is you probably have um, enough interchanges up your sleeve to to start one, change to the other, and change back if you need to. Um, you know, while, while it is as, the way it is. Yeah, I think, I think the other good thing is that I think both can be really, both of those two players can be dangerous coming off the bench with 10 minutes to go in the first half yes. or second half. Um, I, I, I just have in the back of my mind, I think Granville could be really dangerous uh, coming on with uh, 10 minutes, 10, 15 to go in the half. Um, I think that's potentially where he could be really well suited uh, with, with his speed at a dummy half. So, um, yeah, but I mean, Reese Robson's got speed. Yeah, also, well, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, I wouldn't be challenging either one of them uh, for a race. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although, although the way Granville's going, um, <laughs> maybe another year or two. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Add it to the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah that list. But what, what, like, what did you think of um, Clifford and, and Drinkwater? I thought I thought um, probably this was probably uh, one of Clifford's better games. I felt he didn't, I agree. He, he didn't overplay his hand. Um, it, like I've, exactly like I've right. maybe seen him in prior games. I felt like in prior games, he felt like he's needed to prove himself a lot. Where in this game, he just kept it simple. He made his tackles. He distributed the ball nicely, and, and he had a really nice uh, kicking game. And you know, it's it's really interesting when you hear Cooper Cronk talk about uh, when young halfbacks come into first grade squads. He basically just says, "Well, his advice is always, well, uh, doesn't matter what the young halfbacks' strength or weaknesses are with, uh, yeah, when they're growing up, going through the junior ranks. The most important thing is when they get into A grade, is just really to keep it simple when you first start off, which is basically yep. make your tackles, defend well." And get to your kicks, um, yep. and I would say Clipper did that well actually the other night. He, I, know, I he think he did that to a T. And he yeah. got those kicks well. He didn't overplay his hand. He ran the ball when he wanted to. And he didn't make any silly mistakes. So I think. And um, that, that I don't, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but he, he, you know the number of repeat sets that we got off his kicks. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like seemed like there was a period of time where. Um, you know the Titans hadn't touched the ball for about fifteen minutes, but um, yeah. it was it was awesome. You know his his kicking game really was um, was on point. And I'm just uh, I'm just looking up the stats in terms of possession. Yeah, we finished the game with sixty six percent possession, and you know that's through a combination of errors from the Titans, but also repeat sets. And um, yeah, we had forty six sets to their thirty. Uh, and we completed. Actually, our completion rate was eighty-five percent, which was, which is, which is good. That's what you want to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. I think he did the basics really, really well. Um, and that's, that's kind of what you what you want from a from a halfback. You know, we've 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 been lucky enough to have the world's best player, let alone halfback, kind of playing for us for, um, you know, for a long old time. Um, yeah. in, in in big JT. Uh, or you know Jonathan Thurston should, uh, should uh, it's, yeah having a few JTs in the team, yeah. but um but anyway yeah um we've been lucky enough to have that kind of player uh, and you know we maybe we expect that from from our halves uh, now but but that's not what we need necessarily we've got other guys in the team who do incredible things yes. um, you know and and Clifford needs to be there or whoever's pl- uh, filling that role needs to be there um, and and just do their job you know you see you see teams like the storm uh, who are able to replace guys like Cooper Cronk um, yeah. with you know not necessarily well with m- potential future superstars I guess but but whenever um, you know teams, like that replace uh, a pivotal player a player in a pivotal position it's exactly as you say get the fundamentals right make sure they're doing their job uh right because you you've got other guys in the team who can who can do the flashy you know incredible stuff um so i think clifford played his role perfectly in the game uh, in the game on friday and and hopefully he takes a lot of confidence out of that and um you know he can build into into that flashy player that like like um like thurston uh was mm-hmm. potentially but um yeah he's done done really well yeah i think like uh, when you look at the spine in general like we, we, we talked about the uh the hookers there but um yeah i i, I think yeah i completely agree i think clifford didn't play, overplay his hand he, did, he just did his job, um, which is the most important thing. I think um, the other two guys, part of the spine, um, uh, I think Drinkwater, it seems like he's getting better and better each week um, in, yep, in, that six, in that six jersey. I think he's a little bit of a natural as a, as a six or a fullback. He's got good ball skills. He's, he's, he's good. He's got confidence, He's got man. confidence. He's like, quick on his feet. 
And yet, you know, another yeah. little advantage too is um, he, he actually hasn't got a bad little kicking game. And because he's a left footer, he just gives that extra little angle, you know, when um, when you get to your last yeah. tackle, it gives you an extra option, like when we had our coot there. So I think he's, he's developing uh, re- really nicely into a really quality, really high quality six, I think. Um, and I think he's only young too, he's, he's 23 years old and uh, he's a really, really, really handy pickup uh, for the was uh, last season absolutely so I think um, I, uh, that's yeah. actually that's one thing we, we again we touched on before we started recording but our recruitment for this season has been has been I think perfect I think we've absolutely nailed um, you know the positions that we needed to to get right and um, you know the, 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 the type of players that we've got brought on board I think has been been perfect from from what I've seen so far and, and you know I like to be uh, ultra positive about about things and believe that we can win anything but i genuinely think like we've done really really well and hopefully you know um hopefully we're sitting here every week for the rest of the season talking about wins and, and mate uh then the rest of the spine there what, what did you think of val uh how, how do you think he's he's going um so back in the full back yeah i mean as we touched on before his passing game like those those flick on passes were yeah. awesome and i think he i'm not I'm, again don't have the statistics in front of me but i think he ended up with two or three try assists yes um just from those those flick on passes they were they were awesome um you know i think you you said before his running game um he still has a a couple of weeks probably before he's back at, at at full pace and you know that's what you'd expect from probably every player at the moment because they've had a the, the break that they've had as well um but yeah man like there's a there's a lot to like there i think he um fits in well with the way that uh certainly the way that i want to see the cowboys playing the yeah. way that um you know we've played good footy in the past um and the team that we've kind of built for this uh what is looking to be um a pretty fast-paced season um i think we've got a really good team to um to to play that way and he fits perfectly in that mold so um really positive stuff from from him um and i think we'll only see him getting better and better uh which is awesome when you've got the guys that we've already spoken about uh kind of getting better and better as well as a team uh we're, we're doing really well how, how do you yeah. find him mate? i'd love to see him um sort of uh, uh yeah i agree that his passing game seems uh really nice at the moment he's, he's i feel like he's spent almost feel like he's spent a lot of time with his training working on his his ball distribution and, and passing um i really like to see him um uh, really start running the ball a bit more now you know i think uh, one thing I really noticed with, with a lot of the kick returns, uh, he's distributing the ball a lot to his wingers to, to run the ball back. Um, yeah. So he's, prob- he's probably, I guess, finding his feet a little bit still with, with uh, getting getting some miles in his legs, uh, I, I assume. So he's probably not wanting to puff himself out too much. Um, that, that, might, that might be part of it. It was, it was was His kicking game was good as well in, in terms of his goal kicking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was really surprised know. actually with that. Um, yeah. He, so he, that was he, good he, stuff. He kicked quite yeah, he did. He kicked, he kicked very well. So, I think uh, that that's the thing that I find now with the team is that with with the um, the depth in key positions now, when, when I look, when I look at the side, I feel like we're not overly overly reliant on one or two players now. I think yeah. I think there's a nice balance now between um, you know class and experience in the halves, outside backs, our spine now, and in the forwards as well. Like there's a good mix. There's a good mix between experience, class, and young guys coming through the ranks. I agree. I agree. Previous seasons, we've and we've seen 
um, we've actually had a lot of injuries in in the last couple of seasons, and yeah. um, you know we've really suffered as a result of that. And uh, you know you look at it now, and as we've already said, you know Michael Morgan and Gavin Cooper are out for this game. And you know if you just if you just tuned in and you didn't have um, you know player names on jerseys or you weren't sure who was playing, you wouldn't really have noticed. Um, you know the way that we played, uh, it was it was great. Everyone kind of stepped up in their position. Um, you know everyone everyone did really really well. Um, you know the fact that we we completed at 85% as well just yeah. makes a massive difference you know that's a point that we've spoken about um, on previous podcasts this season last season the season before yeah. is, is completion rate yeah. Um, yeah. you know and that's something that, that we did really well again Titans didn't really help themselves by, by playing the way that they did yeah. but um, you know, we needed to capitalize on that um, where we haven't in the past, and we did we did it really, really well. It, it, um, yeah, it'll be a nice headache to, to have when um, Green, uh, when Morgan and um, Cooper come back. That these guys that are in the team keep playing well. Um, yeah, absolutely. It'll be um, yeah if, if Clipper can still just keep doing his job, getting through his, you know, making sure he makes his tackles, get to his kick on on the last tackle, uh, and then distribute the ball nicely, and if, uh, Mitch Dunn. Uh, and Shane Wright can continue to play play well on the edges there. It um uh, it, it gives a nice little headache for Green that when those two guys come back, uh, what what does he do? You know, uh, I guess yeah. I guess I guess Morgan potentially comes straight back into seven, uh, and then Gavin Cooper comes back into the back row. But it gives it gives a nice little uh, headache for Green. But it's not as exactly it's not as straightforward as that. You, there is a there is a moment of hesitation when you think, oh, actually these guys are doing really well, which is yeah. which is what you want. You know, whereas yeah, as you, as we said, kind of in previous years. As soon as the guys fit, maybe you're rushing him back a little bit early as well. Yeah. You're like, oh, we really need to win. This is a must-win game because of because of the position we put ourselves in um, in previous seasons where we've been one and four, you know, two yeah. and seven, things like that. And you've got guys coming back from injury, and you just you need them back sooner rather than later. So maybe you rush it that one week that one week early and they're not you know at 100 percent, and uh maybe it then takes three weeks for them to get back to 100 percent. you know I, I know it's it's still kind of early days in the season we're, we're we're two and one we've still got some some big games coming up uh starting with Cronulla next week yeah. um but you know if we can if we can put ourselves in the position where we are you know um yeah four and one rather than one and four then then you give you give the option of okay let's push on with this halves combination or let's push on with these back rowers for for another week uh and you know we're, we're not sacrificing too much by by doing that or anything so so that's good well, well, hey, I, uh, yeah sorry go on i was just gonna say i mean we've got a big opportunity um the next two weeks i think we mentioned before we play the sharks and the warriors the next two weeks yeah that's it uh yeah. two, two both uh two very winnable games actually um, Absolutely, you know. You look at the next next kind of three weeks, uh, five five weeks rather. We got the Sharks, the Warriors, the Tigers, the Knights, and the Eels. Um, you know, all of that before we come and play um, play the Roosters in in uh, round whatever that will be, round eight or nine, yeah. I guess. But um, you know, it, it is they are they are winnable games. Yeah. <clears throat> they are winnable games, and and we can put ourselves in the uh, in a really good position for the for the season. And we don't have this year, of course, we don't have Origin kind of through yeah. in the middle of the season. So if we can get on a bit of a run, you know, you can keep that going for a while, get a bit of momentum and, and really kind of make a push for, for that top four spot. Absolutely, mate. Now, what were you going to say before? 
I was just going to ask you, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, we're, we're, we're coming up on the hour mark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, just looking forward to yeah. looking forward to the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, yeah, what are you expecting from from the next, say, five weeks? we got, as you say, uh, you've got the Sharks at home, the Warriors, which will be at, at Central Coast Stadium. Then we've got the Tigers down down there, the Knights at home and, and the Parramatta Eels. So, of those five games, uh, what would you like to see from the boys? Well, I, I think I think they're all they're all really winnable. I think the, the Eels one will be tough. I think I think the next two weeks, um, I think you know the, they, they there was a lot of um, uh, you know with, with this with this game at the, uh, against Gold Coast um, at, the, at the new stadium there, there was a lot, a lot of emphasis on our team. They they didn't uh, losing the first game at home against the Broncos. It would have been a very strong motivation to win this game. So yeah. I, I think the next two weeks are really important for the, for the boys to they got an opportunity now. Um, Make a strong start to the season, you know, to try to go three and one or four and one to really take that pressure off the off the next uh, off the second part of the season. So, I mean, I'd, I'd love them to to get notch up two more wins. I think it's very, it's definitely very possible. I think um, we have we have um, yeah we have a strong spine there. They're, they're working well together. I think even without Morgan and Cooper, we still have a, a very strong strong team there. So, I, yeah. I'd like to uh, yeah. I mean. I think they really should be aiming to to get two more wins over the next uh, the next weeks um, to, to continue that momentum uh, into the into the back end of the season and and create the um, create the rivalry between the players that, that when uh, Cooper and Morgan come back that they're really fighting for their spots. So I, mean, I, th- I think it's I think it's really positive uh, for, for the season for the Cowboys. I think that they're using the ball a little bit more as well. I think uh, as we touched on before, it makes such a big difference when your hooker uh, throws a really nice crisp pass. Um, yeah, out to, out to your, your halves and, and outside backs. So and a bit, a bit of good kind of second phase play in the in the game just gone as well. You know, not not too much of it, but there were there were one or two kind of um, good offloads that that led to yeah. uh, decent decent meters gained. So you know, the more of that kind of stuff that that we see, the the better, especially in the, in, a, in a game the way that it's gone uh, or the, that it's going, where it's going to be faster pace, more fatigue. Second phase play is going to be mass massive. Yeah. Um, so you know, if we can um, practice that a little bit more and and, and, and get that um, kind of perfected, that would be great. But as you say, a lot of positives. Mate. I think I think we can really fly under the the radar as well. Um, yeah. Because uh, no, no one's really given the boys uh, a lot of the, the a lot of the judges didn't even have the boys in the top eight. So I think we could really. Mate, f- that's motivation <laughs> <enough> to uh, <laughs> to get it going. But yeah, uh, no, I agree. I, I reckon I agree. we can really fly under the radar, and I think we have a, a strong squad. Um, you know. Um, Hopefully we have a we have a bit of luck with injuries uh, compared to the last few few years. We hopefully we can yeah. uh, that that can that can turn around and we have some uh, re- a reasonable run there. And it was funny listening to some of the commentary. Some of the uh, comment uh, some of the, the judges were saying, "Oh well, it's a big advantage for the Cowboys being able to play from play at home." Um, yes, uh, because they because the teams have to travel all the way up to Townsville uh, the, the day of the game. But that, that that's but then. The, that doesn't quite make sense because the Cowboys have because to, it's uh, a massive Cam- disadvantage yeah. going down. No, yeah. but the Cowboys have to do the same on the way other way around. Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the other like, teams, yeah, we, the other teams just do that games. once. The other teams exactly. just do it once. The Cowboys have to do it every week, every second week. Yeah. So funny um, it, doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense like exactly that you know it's it's perception isn't it but you know we have to play away games every other week you know or at least half the season as you say so yeah. you know we're doing a lot more travel than those teams are where yeah. those teams get to play a lot of their games in in sydney okay fine maybe that means we'll we'll, we'll we should win more more than well we should win all of our home games then but we then have to yeah. kind of get up and win win all our away games but if it, if yeah and it's a massive advantage to the sydney teams 
Um, oh, yeah. It's a huge advantage where pretty much all the games are. They never have to leave home, you know? Yeah. So uh, it's a big advantage to summer. I, I don't think the Cowboys have any special advantage over any other team. No. So. But that's the way it's always been as well, you know, like you look at the the, uh, the kilometers traveled by teams and, you know, outside the Warriors, um, the boys are always second second most in the league, I think. So, you know, we, we always have to travel and, uh, you know, the Sydney teams barely have to move. So we're always up against and, it. And, and, uh, and we'll, be the most, yeah. we'll be the most this year because the Warriors, oh, are, the Warriors are based yeah. in Australia now, I think. So, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, they're, they're actually their home ground. They're staying in a small little country town, actually. Um like ten minutes away from that Central Coast Stadium, so um, so for them the, the, the travel will be uh, they probably will actually be maybe something that's actually better for the Warriors now. Um, yeah, they're basing themselves in Australia, so maybe for them it's, without having to do all the travel, it, they might actually have, you know, have have a small advantage there. So, but that's it, mate. For me, yeah, I think um, I think it was it was an encouraging win the other the other night against yeah as we say against opposition that wasn't not going that good. Um, yeah. But you still have to put them to the sword, yeah. and, we, and we did that. You know, there was a period, there was a point, um, there was a point, kind of at half time. We, I think, we missed a chance to score at half time, just before half time, and uh, and the, the the scores were quite close. And then yeah. there, there was a moment where you kind of thought, um, until we went on a rampage and scored like three tries in in about ten minutes or so, we thought, oh, shivers, you know, if they if they get a lucky try here, um, then they could be right in this game, yeah. and they don't deserve to be. Um, you know, they didn't really deserve to be because of the way they played and because of the way that we played. Um, but the Cowboys, yeah, in, in past seasons have, have let teams back into the competition. We were good enough not to let them back into the competition and we were good enough to kind of um, push on with it and, and get, you know, a 30-point um, difference. So so that was that was positive, mate. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that were the main things I wanted to touch on, mate. Did you have any, any other uh, last thoughts? No, I think that's I think that's it, mate. Yeah, looking forward to the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's nice to have footy back. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, it's nice to, to have sport back. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been uh, a tough couple of months of uh, no sport, not not really getting out of the house or anything like that. You know, so um, yeah, good to see good to see sport back. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I think all that's left to say is uh, is go the boys. Yeah, I think the, the Australian boys. cricketers are playing in the UK this winter, uh, summer. They're, yeah, there was talk to? of that. I don't know if that's still going ahead. I I know the West Indies are are coming over. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm not sure if the Aussies are. I think I think they uh, would like to. So yeah. Um, yeah. So fingers crossed. Um, that goes ahead as well. Um, cricket's going to be over here. It's going to be played behind closed doors at this uh, stage. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, because yeah, I mean the situation here is is still a lot worse than than it is in in Oz anyway. Hey. But. Uh, yeah. What, so, what happens with your Tottenham uh, home uh, uh, your Tottenham tickets? Yeah. So um, the the email went out to re- refresh or renew my um, season ticket, uh, and actually the day that I was going to renew my season ticket, as in the day it became available, um, the day before that I was sent home from work on the sixteenth of March, I think it was, and and haven't been back to work. Oh, I was going to say so. for disciplinary matters, or. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not this time, no. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, so actually, um, that kind of coincided with with everything kicking off. So, haven't um, the the club suspended uh, renewals of, of okay. season tickets until they know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, everything's held in place and whatnot. Those season tickets are yeah. Once you once you lose them, you can't really get them back. No. So, uh, so keen to keep it keep it going. Um, but yeah, at this stage, there's there's no kind of 
uh, inclination. Uh, there's no uh, yeah sign of when fans are going to be allowed back in stadiums. They're talking about maybe not even until kind of 2021. Yeah. So, um, yeah, whenever it comes around, I'll just pay for however many uh, games are, are left. But uh, I also get a refund for, I think we had five home games of the season left. So that's... Uh, that's a good kind of 600 quid or oh, so. You, you, oh, you, they, oh, you get it back. They're, they're going to give it yeah, back. Yeah, 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 because you pay in advance. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, well, we don't need to say how much, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of money for, for the season. Uh, I, I would have thought, uh, thought a man of your standing, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought a man like you, your seat would be in, in amongst the other the other high-level high business types of, uh, <laughs> of, of, of London. I'm sure you're there with all the big wigs, all the big, all the, see, all the big uh, corporate firms. See, there was that one game where Richard Hammond sat in front of me. You know the guy from Top Gear. Oh, Game? true. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was he was shooting something for Discovery, and for whatever reason, they 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 chosen the seat that's literally just in front of me. Oh, so true. if you watch it, it's on um, Sky or, or Discovery Channel. If you watch the his uh, oh, it, documentary, yeah, was it his own he, show? Is it? It's not a uh, Top yeah, Gear anymore because that, that got no, that, that finished. I think. Yeah, it's, it's Richard Hammond's uh, big or some big places or something like that. So he did did a thing on the on the stadium, uh, and yeah, he literally just sat right in front of me. So I said, "Oh, mate, can I get a photo?" He said, "Yeah, no dramas." So happy days got got that one done. But uh, yeah, typically, I mean, we sit sit amongst the uh, the true fans, mate. You know, the, in that that wall there, uh, I have to get you along to a game sometime yeah. once once this is all uh, all done uh, and dusted. I'll, so I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring over my my uh, Amsterdam jersey, and my Liverpool jersey. Yeah, wear, wear the Ajax jersey. See how that goes down. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, well, I mean the fans. Probably Liverpool would be worse. Something else. Probably wearing a Liverpool, Liverpool would be would be hell yeah hell of a lot worse. <laughs> you would uh, you would definitely get kicked out of the stadium. They, they they take it pretty seriously here. There was one guy who um, celebrated at the wrong time when the opposition scored, ah. uh, and he was sitting amongst the the home fans, and Ooh. very promptly he was removed from the stadium. Yes, that's and uh, you know if you do something like that on on a on a season ticket, the season ticket is cancelled. So oh true, they take it, <laughs> yeah they, they take it pretty seriously. They don't uh, they don't muck around because they've had obviously um you know the premier league's had issues in the past in terms of riots and, and yes. uh violence and stuff and, and well, they just have a zero tolerance well, policy well, normally they also penalize the clubs for that so so yeah, exactly. you know so they'll actually yeah. uh find the club if if, an, if a crowd member does something wrong so uh, yeah, so, so, that's, it. so it's up to their home the home uh, venue to actually police that actually um, yeah and that's why they don't muck around with that kind of stuff, you know, because because the, the fines are quite bad, and also you just you just don't need it, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, so if you come along, don't <laughs> don't be wearing any Liverpool or Ajax jerseys, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> you wear I'll your wear Cowboys a, jersey. I'm wearing right. non-denominational, non-denominational. Uh, so maybe yeah, maybe maybe, like, maybe a Cowboys jersey, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, uh, oh, I'll, uh, I, th- I think it's been a really good podcast, and, and mate, I'm I'm keen to see the boys uh, go around uh, next next weekend. I'm not sure what what night it is. Um, Another uh, Saturday. I think so. Um let's have a quick look. Yeah, yeah it's on uh, Saturday next week, so right. that'd be nice. Right. Ten ten thirty in the morning my oh, time, nice. eleven thirty yours. Yeah. Good good timing. All right, mate. Well um uh, I think my last thing to say is uh it's been a good good podcast, mate. Good to catch up and uh come on the boys. Indeed, mate. Good to be back, good for the boys to be back and uh come on the boys. Come on the cowboys. <laughs>